When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to that pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Fury's Finest Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we will raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. We will announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is an Asgardian. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game will all count as long as they follow this theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model, then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of your freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos to furypainting at gmail.com by October 3rd to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know who to send the prizes to. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea. Bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast devoted to the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, it's one of our yearly MCP Christmases. How could I be having a bad day? Absolutely. It's the best time of the year for us here on Fury's Finest outside of, you know, we have a lot of good times of the year, Chris, let's be honest. But I mean, this 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 is an apex for us every time we get mini extravaganza. But then, of course, us being a show that loves the Marvel comics and the MCU, we also have big times of the year with story arcs with the movies and comics as well. And then, of course, always fun to get to some new characters and teams in our primary episodes where we do our characters. But yeah, this is something that is a special time of the year, and it has been twice a year for some time, which has been a crazy thing. But this year, they did confirm Mini Stravaganza 2022, the one we just went through and the one that you and I are going to recap today in full, is the last one for 2022, and hence why it was so big. And it, this is a one Mini Stravaganza year. And I think a part of that, too, is probably the the delay you know, oh sure, and, and then like shipping stuff, and clearly, I mean, let's look at this year as a whole. We're gonna get more models this year than we got last year, probably for sure. So it's just not complaints. I'm just delivering the truth to you guys here because they did say it on the ending stream of the mini extravaganza that the next one would be probably early next year. But Chris, today we're talking about this mini extravaganza that just happened. 
we're several days out from it now, so we can kind of breathe and take it all in and I don't know, reminisce. <laughs> but I think you and I have a lot of thoughts today and we're going to approach this like we normally do our mini extravaganza news roundup episodes, but this one's going to be even more free form and shooting from the hip because honestly, they gave us so much information that we're just going to have to like give our impressions, what we're excited about, and then move on to the next thing because there is so many things. But don't worry, we'll give every character and every reveal it's time to shine you guys know on furious finest that is something we're really passionate about we're just as passionate about card re- reveals as we are announcement of future waves right we're not strictly a stats podcast here so we'll talk about this future wave stuff that they've hinted at and other ones they've just shown us pictures of <laughs> entirely without any yeah they did it again they folks us. they always do jesse like they might have topped themselves this time though which is crazy amg is always ridiculously good at just over delivering on expectations during these mini stravaganzas i'm just always blown away even though i have high expectations and this year was absolutely no different perfectly said yeah they continue to impress and outdo themselves and it's like i think case in point chris other mini stravaganzas there's probably been more characters that are some of our favorite characters revealed and more things in line with our wheelhouses but i think this one in particular takes the cake for the best because it was their ambition like you said doing so much and on top of doing so much they were so open about so many things and gave us so many reveals it's kind of absolutely absurd so today we're going to go through all those reveals and we're going to go through all these things they've hinted at talked about and spoiled for the future and i think we just need to get right into it chris because we got a lot to talk about today Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games, Inc. Go to DiscountGamesInc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show and would like to join our patron Discord, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution for as low as a dollar a month. You can join our Patreon and our patron Discord. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. And this week, we have a very special shout out to John... John, thank you so much. It really, really does mean the world to us. Thank you, John. And Chris, we have a brand new Avenger producer of Furious Finest. Rich, thank you for becoming an Avenger producer. You make this show happen. We talked about how every patron gets their name shouted out every episode, which, you know, is multiple times a month, Chris. And it means a lot to us. That's why we say it every single time. And Rich, you're making this show happen. So thank you for jumping on the and giving us your support. Thank you so much, Rich. And Rich, let's not forget to also thank your Avenger teammates, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan C., and Brian. Thank you, Avenger-level producers. Thank you, Avengers. All right, Chris, let's get into Mini Stravaganza 2022. Oh, boy. So starting off today, Chris, we're going to start out our news roundup slash mini extravaganza talks like we always do. There's been an affiliation list update, and this one's very simple and very quick. Heimdall and Scourge are out in the world now, so they got added to the affiliation list. Heimdall is Asgard and Asgard only, and Scourge is Asgard and Cabal. What do you think? Congrats to Scourge the Executioner. Yep. You're going to see him around, I have a feeling. We're going to see both these guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to see Heimdall, but heimdall only being in asgard makes sense for how powerful he can be mm-hmm. yeah i'm very pleased with this list and no surprises here in fact we were 100 convinced they were asgard and we were probably like 95 convinced that scourge was cabal with especially yeah. the 
the cards that were being previewed with the synergy with Enchantress, who of course Absolutely. is a staple of the cabal. Moving on, Chris, AMG started off the weekend with an announcement of more of the affiliation boxes we've come to know and love that can get people into the game much easier. So if you're new to the game, definitely keep an eye out for these affiliation boxes. They've revealed multiple now. Last one we talked about on the show was the Black Order. I love that you can just pick up a box and have the Black Order now. This is no different now, Chris, but this is more our wheelhouse. Two of our favorite teams. You can get a X-Men affiliation box, which is Storm, Cyclops, Beast, and Wolverine. And you can also get a Brotherhood affiliation box, which is Magneto, Sabretooth, Mystique, and Toad. And the coolest part about this, Chris, is weirdly in the past, not that weird because we love all the mutants and didn't bother anyone here but say you were an x-men player and you're picking up beast well you'd pick up the beast and mystique box right or you were a brotherhood player picking mystique you get the mystique and beast box and you know rightfully so those characters work really well in each other's teams but now they've spread them out they've separated them out and this is actually a cheaper way to get into x and brotherhood if you're planning on playing both teams like you and i in fact do well it makes perfect sense it's going to give a much more approachable entry point to a lot of people. It's They're both very strong teams. Uh, same with the Black Order box. Uh, they're both very popular teams. Mm-hmm. There is nothing bad about this. This is awesome. AMG knocked it out of the park. And this makes complete sense, too, with, like you said, maybe when the characters come out, you want both of them. A lot of us do. Speaking for myself, I'm, you know, I've been a completionist with this game for a, for a time. Uh, they yep. kind of outpaced me, but I totally get that. And but I also totally understand not wanting to have to buy some hundred odd models to get into a game. Right. And even if they outpace you, Chris, this is always an option to go back in the past, which I think you mentioned in a recent episode where it's like, I have all of, you know, the models that come out in these inflation boxes so far, but say someone did it and they passed a team up, say they passed up Wakanda early on. Well, now they can get Wakanda at the cheapest price yet. Why would you not get that box? You know, um, absolutely. Especially a team as splashable as Wakanda, right? Where you can just fit in three or four models on your team and be good to go. So I love this method. I am holding my breath for the rest of the mutants and all X-Force players out there, because I think the cable domino X 23 and honey badger box would be the best bang for your buck price-wise and just if you want to jump into x-force that's the way to go you need those four characters immediately absolutely i'm looking forward to more of these things they do so i i i'm just super excited chris and um nothing more to say about this other than it's cool to see this trend continue on the game and it seems like it's going to be a trend that keeps going and why wouldn't it because everybody wins because in fact with these sets you're getting sometimes some extra cards and also you're getting a slightly discounted rate than if you buy all the boxes separately so win win but moving on right before mini extravaganza happened let's go atomic mass gave us spoilers for ursa major for the winter guard you and i have talked been talking about the winter guard a lot lately we kind of chris gave a mini lore segment which was so fun on a news episode recent and we were so curious what this bear was going to be and we were thinking he's going to be a four threat that does a lot of damage right that's what we were thinking and that's probably what he is chris and we should probably just jump right into his card okay he he screams a couple things to me but we'll, we'll get through that ursa major aka mikhail ursus he is a four threat on his healthy side. He has seven stamina on his backside. He has seven stamina for a grand Ooh. total of 14th tanky, tanky boy. <laughs> yeah. Up there with Cletus Cassidy. Yes, sir. He's a short move, but he does have a bigger base. 
Uh, he is a size three. His defenses are three physical, three energy, and four mystic. Jesse, what do you think? Well, my first thought seeing this was this is awesome because I like to see <laughs> I like to see the subtleties within affiliation that aren't the leadership, you know. And I and I think that's something we've gotten better as we've done this show. And the community's gotten better at it over time where it's like, it's not just the leadership. It's not just the cards. It's also the members, right? And right. something that has come up with this Winter Guard a lot with the three characters we've been revealed so far is very high mystic defense. And I find that very interesting. They're all Russian trained. They're all, you know, there's Red a lot room. going on there. Red room stuff. Ready. But it's just an interesting thing that they are these tanky characters already. And we're going to see that trend going forward with this character. But they're also like... Slightly above average on Mystic. Now, Ursa Major, like we talked about how tanky characters like Groot and Carnage are just because of their health, massive health pool. And he is no different. This is a great start, Chris, to this character. He's got a ton of health and you really don't want to hit him. No, you don't. And we're going to get to why here in a second. Jesse, I'm going to go over his attacks real quick. Yeah. He seems like a straightforward character, but I think there might be more under the surface to him. His first attack is barehanded slap. It is a physical attack. Range two, strength five, power cost zero. After the attack is resolved, Ursa Major will gain power equal to the damage dealt. On a wild, you will trigger bleed. All right, Blade's team is filling out nicely. <laughs> the next attack is Bare Armed Brawler, also a physical attack, also range two. Strength seven, power cost of three. Before damage is dealt, if the target character is size four or less, Ursa Major may throw the, char- the target character short. Hot diggity dog. That's pretty tasty, but there's more, folks. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the stagger special condition. Kind of a theme running through the mini stravaganza this year is the stagger special condition, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So, Chris, I got to point out the obvious because we are the rogue podcast in a lot of ways. This is a better version of Southern Hospitality. And I'll go I'll go through the reasons why. We are now an Ursa Major podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> First of all, it's the same range, too. Same strength, seven. Yeah. Physical. It costs three. So that's exactly the same in that way. Let's look at the so let's look at the other similarities. This is Rogue's card. If the target character is size four or less after the attack is resolved, it may be thrown short. We love this ability so much because it's an auto throw bait with a spender for free, essentially. Right. That's how we talk no, about no, it. No no triggers. Yeah. But the way his reads is before damage is dealt, if the target character is size four or less, this character may throw the character short. This is just the first part. So his actually that's better because he gets to throw them before they take damage. So you can actually throw them away for you would daze and, them or and something. Knock them out. Yeah. Also, his gives stagger. <laughs> that's huge, right? Because we're we're starting to get to the point in the game yeah. where there are characters that the only way to deal with them is going to be to stagger them as much yes. as you can. And, we're see and, that trend, and yeah. hope. I'm looking at you, Malekith. Yeah. I think with how much you and I have talked glowingly about Southern hospitality, as we should, it's obvious that a slightly better version of of Southern hospitality is real good, if not one of the best spenders in the game for the price. And I think this is probably one of the better spenders in the game because it's auto throw, auto stagger with a decent seven dice attack. Look, you're right, but they had to do something to make it worth taking Ursa Major instead Mm -hmm. of just throwing Rogue in there. And he doesn't have any way to drain power. 
So making his Southern hospitality already one of the best spenders in the game even better. Look, man, that's just a little crank of that dial just to get Ursa Major in these games. And that's just what you got to do. It's a very competitive environment out there. Yeah, he he gets a tweak up on his spender, but he gets tweak downs, like you said, because Rogue Strike, she gets to change the types of attack. And also she has sat power on that, which is insane. But then you said he doesn't have the touch. He doesn't have Rogue's Mutant Absorption Touch, which we know is very strong. But what does he have? Here's what's crazy, Chris. He also has Charge in a version of Rogue's Throw. <laughs> awesome. So he has a two-cost charge. This character immediately makes a move action followed by attack action. Can only be used once per turn. He also has a size three throw for three power. So slightly worse than Rogue's Throw, which is size four for the same power. Ursine Temper. Choose an interactive train feature of size three or less within range two and throw at medium. Can only be used once per turn. So we're tweaking the dials again. You know, Rogue's got it at a slightly above average throw. He's got a right on average throw for the price. But we've we've also talked about on the show, Chris. Three power for size three. Always good. Always good. I'm not mad at that at all. That's that is a that's still a good ability. Now he might have more health than Rogue, but he doesn't have the damage reduction. But he does have aggressive. After an attack targeting this character is resolved, if this character suffers damage, he may advance short towards the attacking character. He's got what Crossbones and She-Hulk have that make them so scary. These characters completely counter pushes that are based off of damage and stuff, right? So it's like, right. yeah, Black Panther ideally attacks him, does no damage, pushes him. Great. But if Black Panther attacks him, barely damages him, pushes him, Ursa Major just walks right back. That Black Panther push is nullified. So aggressive is very good i mean we've talked about how recently how effective it is in shield with their leadership and how effective it is on characters like she hulk and crossbones in particular because they were the first people with it really that kind of shined and it's a new character with aggressive there there just isn't any reason to target ursa major so you <laughs> as the ursa major player it's your charge to either oh, man. give them a reason to target him or make them pay for not targeting him uh, I, this character it's just solid he's just solid but he presents so many interesting questions inside of a game itself that we haven't really seen in a bruiser yet yeah so uh, I, I'm excited about this character I'm excited about him in this affiliation too yeah and I think people were looking for like a really flashy character and 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 that's the thing. He's just a workhorse for threat. Like, just think of like shifting rogue a different way or upgrading crossbones or something. He's just like that kind of just workhorse character. There's not a ton of flash, you know, but the charge is nice. Look, if you keep him inside of Crimson Dynamo's bubble, yes, he's going to be a lot tankier. So if you take that into consideration with all of these characters, especially like a Dark Star, she's going to be power starved. But someone that can do some big things, it's just you're just going to have to play them within a bubble and with a plan and just be defensive. I mean, all of their kits are kind of made that way. So I, I just think that's the way it's going to play out. I'm very excited to get this this affiliation on the table. Yeah, I think you and I both are because they're just AMG has now shown us through their stats, through their health. And through especially their innate superpowers and some of their just basic play styles that they are just, and once again, it might just be that Russian grit, that Russian theme, but they are just kind of a workhorse, solid across the board faction. They don't have big swings like up or down. They're just kind of just solid. And I find that so compelling. It's half the reason I'm playing X-Men right now, Chris, is X-Men doesn't really dominate any one matchup, but they're they're kind of just solid 
you know, against a lot of matchups. And that's really fun to me. Well, and, and I think that's kind of the difference in our play styles. I'm a, I like mm-hmm. big swingy characters and yep. I, I wallow whenever the swings <laughs> go low and I am on cloud nine when I hit a home run. Uh, let's be fair, Chris. <laughs> that's me too. I just try to stay away from that. You know, that's true. Too much Hulk. In my I'm life. talking about you break. like you're a robot and you're definitely not. You love those Hulk <laughs> dice. You're correct. <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is while Crimson Dynamo, Ursa Major, the Winter Guard is really a faction I could see appealing to you in a lot, a lot of ways. Mm. But I want to step into something that appeals to me <laughs> in a lot, a lot of ways. Jesse, yeah. this character looks like he's straight out of a Storm Keep song. Yes. You can look him up. It's safe. One word, Storm Keep. Look, he is metal. He is riding a giant tiger with bat wings. Yep, the bog tiger. This is awesome. Malekith the Accursed has leapt off of the page and into MCP, and I could not be happier. Yeah, I think you and I both are going to be very hard-pressed to not play this character every chance we got in every team. And let's just get into his card because he seems like a crazy splash, but also a crazy leader. Malekith the Accursed, a.k.a. Malekith. He is a seven-threat model, our first seven-threat model in the game. That's right. He has 10 health on his healthy side. He has eight health on his injured side for a grand total of 18. Yep. Right behind Hulk. He is a size four on a large base with a medium movement tool. So he's going to be able to get around. His defenses are fours across the board. Jesse, what do you think? This is a great start. This is a imposing model. These are good stats. We know dice can just fail though. So, I mean, I think the 18 health is the biggest thing to look at here. And medium move on a large size base with, yeah, he's getting where he wants, you know, and that's a very fun thing. And we've seen it on Dormammu. Yep. Cool. Another cool thing about characters like this. And of course, this is no different for characters that with a short move that are on large bases, but say you deploy Hulk or Modok or Malekith right on that center line. Well, you're within range one interaction range of that hammer already without doing anything, you know, and then you can medium move up and you're in the middle of the table, you know, and mm. that crazy thing. People have been doing Dormammu a long time. I, I'm assuming a lot of the Dormammu play style and stuff is going to be applied to Malekith in some ways because, yeah, you're, you're investing a lot in this model, just like you would in Dormammu. Look, yeah, you absolutely are. Seven threat is insane. So when you think about that, you just think about everything a seven threat has to do on the board to make that seven threat worth it. He has to be better than what, two and a half affiliated three threats? Yeah. And that's what's crazy is he only gets two actions, right? There's exactly. no, he doesn't break rules of the game. So playing these super tall lists, you know, it's been a very good learning experience for me too, because, you know, my last team bef- before X was a super tall team. And it's, it's very much your action economy has to work with these high threat models. If it doesn't, you're clearly behind, you know, and that's something to Absolutely. talk about. But let's just get into his attacks. I'll read these real quick, Chris, because he does have three different attacks of three different types of damage. His first attack is an energy attack called the Blade of Midnight. It's range two, so it's sort of his melee attack. It's a strength of seven, power cost of zero. After the attack is resolved, the character gains power equal to the damage dealt, and it has pierce. Yes, Chris, Now we now have one of the best strikes in the game, if not the best, because Dormammu's is weird and doesn't give 
him power to damage dealt, even though he's got better dice with the skulls. So we're looking at basically a Dormammu type strike, but closer range. Jesse, the guitar solo's starting to heat up. That's right. His next attack is a mystic attack called Blood Boil. It's a beam four, strength of five, power cost of zero. After each attack is resolved, Malekith gains one power and has a wild trigger of poison. After each attack is resolved, the target character gains poison special condition. Chris, this is a beam for mystic attack. That is absolutely devastating to a number of teams. Yeah. That's terrifying. Beam four, strength five, giving out poisons left and right on wilds. That's awesome. A little bit of control. Yeah. It's a little bit of control. It's a way for him to target more than two models a turn, kind of making up for that. Well, helping to make up for that big seven threat cost. Absolutely. And his final attack is a physical attack called the Butcher of Thorns. It's a range three. So if, if you're keeping track at home, we had a range two, a beam four, and a range three. So pretty simple. His ranges are two, three, four. And this is a strength of 10. Say what? Strength of 10, power cost of four. This is suspender. After this attack is resolved, Place Malekith within range one of the target characters. So this is his fly-in move, which is very cool. I love it. And then there's a wild trigger of Dark Curse. After this attack is resolved, for each wild in the attack roll, the defending character gains one of the following conditions. Bleed, shock, slow, or stun. For each, Chris. Also, let's keep in mind, this attack could be Death Decree. This attack could be Baron Mordo buffed up, right? The chances of getting more wilds and more dice... It's wild. It's wow. a, it's a good thing. And I, I find this very cool because I think this is obviously a pretty consistent way to kill low threat models, but I also think it's just a cool way to condition out a high threat model. Absolutely. Uh, I think we've been saying it for a while. Uh, conditions are going to play more and more a role in this game, and there will come a time where they will be supremely important. We're not there yet, but it'll happen eventually, and then it'll, you know, it always ebbs and flows. But I love the potential control on a character that is throwing this much, this many dice Mm -hmm. and a character that offers this many things for you to do. Uh, It's, it's just very fun. When you put this model on the table, you're going to be able to roll lots of dice, move all over the place, be cursing here and there, handing out, handing out status conditions, you know, dice willing, but yeah, man, this is very, very cool. I'm extremely excited to play with Malekith and yeah I'm not sure I'm ready for the leadership here I can read it here Chris it's very exciting too bad it's cabal but you and I are big cabal players in this podcast but we might be now leadership the dark council affiliation cabal when this character so when Malekith or an allied character dazes or KOs an enemy character choose another non- dazed allied character after the effect is resolved so the effect is the enemy character being dazed or ko'd chosen allied character may remove one damage may gain one power and may advance short a character may be only affected by this leadership ability once per round chris this is so many things it's sam leadership but you also gain power but it's sam leadership when you're killing your enemies rather than your allies being killed thoughts Well, we knew we were going to get the inverse of that leadership at some point. Right. I'm super excited for it to come on a model that is actually the inverse of Sam Wilson, too. That's true. Yeah. A huge threat model. He deals bukus of damage. Extremely offensive. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so fun. It is fun. It's weird because it's like a little heal. It's 
a little power and a free short move, which we know is obviously the biggest boon of the whole thing. It's crazy, man. It, it's it's a crazy leadership. It could snowball quickly, right? If you start Absolutely. really dazing models of your opponent, kind of like a Black Order player does, right? and they score victory points, you're kind of getting more positive effects for your allies. So it's like he's leading the charge of his army going in, and they're all just being up with him and just doing more stuff. And I find the theme really on point, too. Absolutely. Jesse, let's move on to his next superpower. It is an active superpower. It is ferocity. It will cost you two power, and it is an action. Malekith immediately makes a move action, followed by a Blade of Midnight. That is his gainer attack. That is his strike. If this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, Malekith may throw the target character short. The superpower can only be used once per turn. So it's a charge with a throw. Notice there is no size restriction on the throw. Oh, I noticed. So he could throw Dormammu. He could throw Hulk. Whatever he needs to do, he can make it happen. I find this so cool, Chris, that they're kind of like, they're creating new superpowers for Malekith, but they're like amalgamations and mixes of multiple superpowers we've seen time and time again, you know? And it just says that text resolved to get to throw them. So once again, we we're talking about value earlier on Ursa Major. This is even more value because essentially on a bad day, this is just a move and a throw on anybody you want. <laughs> Absolutely. But on a good day, your strike does some damage. You gain some more power and you give out that pierce as well. You pierce through their attack as well. But really, Chris, I mean, this is the craziest throw in the game because it's just cost two. <laughs> I mean, for anybody. <laughs> Look, man, he's a seven threat model. He can't be bankrupting himself no. just off of his charge. He's He's got to be able to afford to do other things. Like Cloak of Shadows, his next superpower. It is a reactive superpower. It will cost you X after Malekith rolls attack, defense, or dodge dice, but before the resolve critical step. Malekith may spend any amount of power to use this superpower. For each one power spent, choose one skull to treat as a critical for the remainder of the attack. That is very cool. This is Domino's probability manipulation on him. Yep. And we know how good Domino's probability manipulation is because the way this reads, it seems confusing, but the easy way for me to break it down for you is that word is key where it says when you roll attack, defense, or dodge dice before the resolve critical step. So before you explode crit. So say Chris and my roll. I roll an attack, it's a hit, a crit, and a skull. Now, before I explode that one crit, I can choose to spend one power to turn that skull into a crit, and I can explode another crit. So I roll in two more dice, and then I hopefully get more results, which is crazy on attack and defense. But what's even better about the superpower, something I've been learning lately because I have been learning Domino for the first time and realizing how to control this character is Domino. You can spend x power on this chris you could spend a lot you could be you could just say you know what domino's flush on power malekith's flush on power i've got a skull in my dice result right now i'm gonna pay for that for sure but like what if i roll into two more skulls i'm just gonna go and pay two more power you know when i explode my crits and if you explode your crits and two more skulls come out you just got two more positive results for the dice roll you were performing which is either an attack defend or dodge so it's pretty sneaky it's sneaky but it's also just like it's safe gambling you know what i mean oh yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah especially absolutely. if you're flush on power you're just like i'm just gonna do it and of course this is exponentially better on his builder right just right. like domino where it's like 
Luckily, Domino doesn't have a true builder. She just has a rapid fire that gains one power, or she would just be out of control. But she with would him, be nuts. He has a seven dice builder, Chris, with Pierce. And if you roll some skulls and you turn those to crits and you roll more dice and potentially get more Pierce, get more damage, it just snowballs because you, you paid a bunch of power for those skulls and stuff, but then you just got it right back because you dealt damage to your opponent with a builder. So it's going to be tough to master this, but so cool he has it. So cool. He's very good. As it you makes him expect. consistent. A seventh art character has to. So we've got one more. It is an innate superpower. It is Conqueror of the Ten Realms. During the power phase, Malekith gains one additional power. Additionally, this is a pretty big additionally, by the way. Characters cannot modify their attack dice when targeting Malekith with attacks. Rerolls have been the name of the game for a while. Uh, you're right. Rerolls are the name of the game, Chris. But also, this is like what Black Cat has. That sort of your opponent not be able to re-roll their dice in different ways to get more consistent results on you and or things like that. It's rough, you know? It's tough. We've seen how effective it is on Venom, right? When he's attacking his opponents and they can't modify their defense dice. Venom literally counters the Spidey sense, you know, right. of Miles, right? So it's crazy. But closing on his card, he has a couple innate superpowers. He has flight because of course he does. He's on a flying bog tiger. And then he has immunity to hex and stun. I will say point in Dormammu's camp that Malekith does not have, which is good because Dormammu costs eight. Malekith is not immune to stagger. And I think Chris has been alluding to this earlier. Dormammu is immune to stagger. He probably unplayable, unplayable if he wasn't yep. the stagger for eight threat. Dormammu is also immune to incinerate and bleed, Ooh. which incinerate is just amazing because Dormammu does feel like a boss with his health, but Malekith is immune to hex. So like he's always exploiting his dice. He's never being, his dice are not really being affected in different ways by you, right? So as you said earlier, Chris, he's doing a lot of damage, but more importantly, his dice are, are pretty consistent and they're not manipulated by the opponent. That's powerful. Uh, that's yeah. game-breaking against some teams, honestly. Yeah, honestly. So I feel like we could talk about this character all day, Chris, and I'm glad that his backside's the same. <laughs> Jesse, we've got one more thing we got to touch on with this character of before course. we give our final thoughts, and that's the Black Bifrost. Yeah, this is his tactics card. It is Cabal only. It is reactive. So okay. that's going to that's gonna take it away from Splash. Yes. You know, from where he's in Splash affiliations, which does rein this in a, a, a yeah. good amount. For sure. During the power phase, Malekith the Accursed may spend three power to play this card. Place a black Bifrost token within range one of Malekith. Then place another black Bifrost token within range five of Malekith. Once per turn, during a character's activation while within one of a black Bifrost token, it may suffer one damage to be placed within one of another black Bifrost token. He just sets up some portals, man. This yeah, is the so cool. are back. Yeah, the defenders players everywhere cried mm -hmm. out. Cried out. At once. Yeah, that's so cool that he's got his own little version of the pentagram portals. And yeah, I mean, this is in your 10 if you're playing him. Absolutely, dude. Certain scenarios, you're just going to need this. And it's cool that like, there's also weird things that can happen with this where it's like, 
you could make weird connection points because I feel yep. like if I'm playing Malekith, I'm going to like be playing what I was playing in my total complication, which is intrusions, the Dormammu portals where you take a damage to travel f- through the yes. different sea portals. Yes. And I feel like you could even set up your little highway between Bingo. corner of seas and then you could take another one over. And be- because Malekith has to maximize that action economy, like Chris and I talked about, he has to double tap, he has to throw models, he has to do his thing. And you're willing to take damage on him from portals and things to make that happen. Because like you said, this is all about, did I get my value of my opponents, like two, three threats and more, you know, of my one character. Right. And you need to get that value and you got to maximize your actions. And we alluded to, he's weak to stagger Chris. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Black cat is an ever present threat in the meta. Now here's what's interesting about this. This is a very cat and mouse thing. I feel like Black Cat, you could just take Black Cat to deal with Malekith, but also she's going to have to like hide in a corner until it's time to stagger him, right? So that's very unusual play. She has to live to that point. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the I'm thing. sure a lot of people are going to go to that route, but let's be honest here. Dude, yeah. He, he double can taps get- her two rounds. She's just gone. He can get to her and he can take her out. Yeah. So... Let's not resort to Black Cat everything. That might be something in the Black Cat player's favor. You can kind mm-hmm. of control the Malekith, play a little game of control the Malekith with your Black Cat positioning. Yeah, or vice versa, right? Um, crazy thing. But yeah, very exciting character. And we've only just started, Chris. And let's talk about some exciting things. AMG did reveal on this weekend Hydra, a new affiliation. Heck Yes. Yeah, we are very excited about Hydra here on this podcast. It's funny because we've never really had interest on the Cabal, but we're extremely interested in Hydra. And I think a big part of that is the playstyle is this mad scientist playstyle. And we're going to get into it here. It is not this sort of straightforward Cabal kill, get more power, or this sort of sin Cabal, mess with your opponent, swarm them out, you know, deal damage on top of that. This is a whole different archetype of the bad guys and it is built around this mad scientist experiments and condition manipulation and we're going to start with the leader of hydra baron strucker wolfgang von strucker he is a three threat leader his defenses are four physical three energy three mystic his stamina is five his height is two and his move is medium on a small base so Chris, very baseline model with slightly better physical defense. Three threat leader. Yeah. Nothing you can really complain about. Yeah, he's already giving you a leadership, right? So that leader tax is already present. Exactly. So let's move on to his first attack. It is an energy attack. It is Plasma Blast. Range 3, Strength 5, Power Cost of 0, of course. After the attack is resolved, the character gains power equal to the damage dealt. On a wild, you will trigger Incinerate, which I absolutely adore. Man, on a strike. That is cool. Yep, very cool. His next attack, his spender, he's only got two. It is a physical attack. It is the world is mine. Range two, strength seven, power cost of four. After the attack is resolved, this character removes one damage from itself equal to the damage dealt. We are Venom. Absolutely. (laughs) Strucker heals himself with his spender. That is extremely cool. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, as is tradition, I'm going to let you take the leadership ability. Okay. Let's see if we can, let's see if I can do this justice. The Hydra high council affiliation Hydra once per turn. So once again, that is a turn 
is one character going on your turn, but you know, just one character going in a round. So once again, you're gonna have multiple turns in a round. Just keep that in mind. Six rounds of the game, multiple turns within each round. Once per turn, after an attack made by an allied character is resolved, if the attack dealt damage, the allied character may use this leadership ability. Choose one special condition the allied character has. If the enemy character does not have the chosen special condition, the enemy character now gains it. And then the allied attacking character loses that special condition. Additionally, once per turn, when an enemy character gains a special condition, the allied character that caused the effect may remove one damage from itself. This is crazy, Chris, because first of all, this is one of our most complex leaderships in the game. I think right behind Convocation. Yep. And it's complex, but it's also sort of interestingly mid-range. It's so cool. Like there's there's a big swing ceiling that you can go to and there's also just like a solid like, you know what? I'm kind of learning Hydra. I know that when I give an enemy character a special condition, I get a little healing factor on my character. That's cool. But also, you know, like when I make attacks and I have a condition on myself, I can potentially give it to my opponent and it, it might be better to go with my characters that are conditioned out first. There's a lot of interesting things happening with this leadership that we're just going to have to see how they play out and I am so excited to try this team because that is so interesting and let's not even get into all the possibilities of characters we can bring in that give out conditions those vipers those crystals those omega reds right i think we will be getting into that but just not today yeah speaking of giving out conditions there's something curious i'm reading here on this card <laughs> it's called death spore virus it is an active superpower it will cost you two power Look, guys, I'm reading this word for word, so don't question me on this one. Other characters within range three of Baron Strucker gain the poison special condition. Allies and enemies. Allies and enemies. It's going to hit everybody in a range three bubble of him. But even if you just give it to your entire team at the beginning of round two, and then they just all pass it on, that's pretty cool. But like I said, that that's that's for affiliation talk for another time. Yeah. Very awesome that we're seeing this death spore virus. We're starting to see this. I've been saying it for a year, years, maybe. Years, years. Conditions. Condition team. I've said it this episode. The conditions are coming, baby. Absolutely. So closing out his card, he has a couple more superpowers. The first one is a reactive superpower called Arrogance. Costs one power. This is so cool. When this character is attacking before rolling attack dice you may use the superpower. So before you've rolled your dice at all during this attack, add skulls in the attack roll to the no, no total number of successes for the attack roll. During this attack, add skulls in the defense roll to the total number of successes in the defense roll. This is like so cool. This is, this reminds me of like Lando and star Wars. This is like a very yeah, Lando man, thing. Yeah. Good comp. I play your luck. You know, let's let's go. Let's turn on both of our skulls and see what happens in our defense dice. Let's yep. just give both of us Dormammu or Scarlet Witch for for a roll. You know, I love it. It's a good way to maybe guarantee kills, especially when you've got like a bigger dice pool and they have a lower dice pool. The interesting things Absolutely. could happen. But closing out his card, he has two innates. He has the first one is called Strategic Genius. We've heard of this before. This does stack with our other strategic genius. Oh my goodness. This character and other allied characters within two of it may reroll one die in their attack and defense rolls. So Zemo's getting a reroll buddy that he's also giving rerolls to. No, I brought Malekith. Yeah, right. 
his final innate ability is healing factor one, because why not give him some more mad science-y, science-y stuff going on with this character? He now has access to all of those healing factor cards. That's true. Yeah. Exceptional very, healing. Exceptional healing can, it, yeah, it's here for Strucker now. Keep him alive. Yeah. Keep yeah, your man. leadership up. Keep your leadership up. That enables him to kind of play in that that mid area of the game board to stay mm-hmm. within in bubbles and make sure people are getting poison when they need it and everything. I, I think this is a uh, low floor, high ceiling character and possibly affiliation. Yeah. So I think I am. I thought I was excited about shield and then I saw this team, you know, like, we're oh, I know height of play and combos and splash characters and interesting reactions to your opponent but i find him just such a cool swiss army knife character like he really is just a swiss army knife character and leader and i find that so compelling and we're gonna see we're gonna talk more about him in a bit and more cards with him and i think we're gonna talk a lot more about hydra chris because we got more hydra characters covered but like you also said you and i just have to deep dive further into hydra when we get more information about this wave and we'll get really deep into baron striker because i feel like we could talk about him for the rest of the episode if we wanted to and potential of like his team what this version of hydra looks like honestly but the final thing i'll say on this chris is spenders that give a bunch of conditions that dice whiff which happens a lot that has validity now right like these these spenders that just give a bunch of auto conditions right because now you're in this this hydra world and conditions mean different things with hydra in the world yeah i just can't wait to see what he opens up in the game because I think it's this is probably going to want to be one of the more interesting avenues going forward is this sort of weird state that Hydra puts the game in. It's kind of like the day that Criminal Syndicate arrived, the game changed oh, forever. God. I know. Like, Still I don't mad think, about it. I don't think Hydra is going to change the game in that aggressive a way, but they are changing an avenue of the game that has been untouched, which is conditions. They're doing more than that, Jesse. Hydra is shipping with two leaderships. It's great. They're coming out the gate. Well done, AMG. We don't have to wait a year to get this other play style we know is on the way. No, Mm -hmm. sir. We're just getting it out there. Jesse, we got to talk about Red Skull, Master of Hydra, Johan Schmidt. Now, we have talked about Johan Schmidt before on this broadcast. This is a different version, man. Yeah, and you could probably get into a little mini lore on this in the future, Chris, where it's like, this is Red Skull in the past. This is Red Skull of Hydra. This is not... He's he's wearing that ancient armor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's powered by, uh, presumably powered by the uh, the cosmic cube. Yeah, and we're in a different state with this Red Skull entirely. So, very interesting to me, and I'm really excited to get into this. All right, Jesse, we've only got his healthy side so far, but we're going to start with seven health. He is a five threat model, size two, medium on a you know standard base. His defenses are four physical, two energy, two mystic. Uh, interesting. Interesting stat line for a five threat character. Really wouldn't expect to have the low energy and low mystic defense there. I have a sneaking suspicion there might be something later on in his kit that might address that. All right, Jesse, I'm just going to go ahead and get into his attacks. His first attack is a physical attack. It is aptly named Blitz Strike. It's going to be a range three, strength six, power cost of zero. Strike. After the attack is resolved, Red Skull will gain one power. It is a gainer. But we've got some interesting things coming in right here. When you roll a wild and a hit, you will trigger Blitz. After this attack is resolved, 
Red Skull may advance short if you roll a wild and a shield, a defense dice. You will trigger push. If the target character is size three or less before damage is dealt, Red Skull may push the character away short. You can trigger both of these things in the same roll. Yep, absolutely. It's six dice. You're going to hit them. Man, this is cool. <laughs> There's a reason it's a gainer, not a builder, I think. Bingo. This is, bingo, this is bingo. really strong. Once again, we're in that six dice plus range. We're getting crazy out here. We're getting to something later that's going to cover that energy and mystic question. What more can we say about this gainer, though, Chris? I mean, free movement, free push, potentially. That's the key, though. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. Potentially. You you need more dice to make it happen, but I find it very interesting. But also keep in mind something we talked about when he was first revealed. A short move on a medium-sized base is pretty fast because he's a larger base size. And he's already moving with a medium template uh, to begin with. So yeah, he there's potential there's potential for him boogieing, you know? He's fast. His spender attack is an energy attack called Kneel Before Me, exclamation point. It's range two, strength of nine, and a power cost of five. This is quite a spender. Wow. Before choosing a target, this character chooses whether the attack type is energy or mystic. It also has a wild throw. After the attack is resolved, if the target character is size four or less, this character may throw the target character away medium. Huge throw. Got to get a while to do it, but it's got a wow. big dice pool in front of it. So interesting to juxtapose when we had our rogue or some major conversation earlier. You know, we've got less dice, but a guaranteed throw. You know, there's interesting things here, Chris. I like it. Yep. But also, you get to choose what they're weaker against. Are they weaker against energy? Are they weaker against mystic? You get to choose. That's nice. It's a lot. I, I, it's hard. Five's a lot. Five is a lot. He is a five threat leader already. That's, that's, that's a tough sell, but especially having to roll the wild to trigger that throw. That is, that's tough, but that throw is so good. All right, Jesse, I think this is a leadership. I can wrap my head around. Okay. It is world domination affiliation. Hydra, of course, during the power phase, Allied characters gain one power if they are holding or contesting an objective token. Solid, solid, solid. This is cool. And this is going to present a lot of interesting plays uh, with a lot of different splashes and cards and everything. I mean, hammers turn one into, I mean, shoot, maybe, maybe sinisters gaining an extra few power every turn and clones a cable, man. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. My first thought with this, Chris, was, does Logan have a weird home? There it is. Yeah, man. That's what I do. There's so many, so many characters that can just wonderful splashes with this affiliation. And I mean, she leaps to my mind immediately because still new character, but it's Darkstar. And it's just Mm, how powerful that that teleport could be if she was not so power starved is just mind boggling. Well, in a character you talked about recently ad nauseum needs more power to do more cool things. Heimdall just crazy. Cause what's Heimdall doing all game. He's sitting on a point, spending his power to give his allies support, spending power. When people come in his forfend range, if he's getting more power by been on that, being on that point, Excellent. Of course, Chris, I will say while we're here, this stacks with objectives like the Infinity Formula that already give you power. Stacks oh. with that as well. Oh, wow. It's very thematic of Red Skull. Wow. <laughs> he wants all the power. Look, man, sh- sh- 
shenanigans. Shenanigans are going to abound in the competitive meta with this guy, and it's I can't wait. What's so cool about it, though, and that mindset, Chris, the competitive meta and everything, it's like this stuff's not online till turn two. Right. So that does and make it not a bad what, experience with, exactly. with Steve, turn one. That's Steve, I see you with your advanced R&D. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's what keeps it not terrible to play against yeah it's just really good and it's going to be super fun to do this weird stuff and it's easier than baron strucker and i like that right you know, i like that it's easier you want to be a bad guy you've got your easy option so jesse you've got your smart guy team i've got my <laughs> dumb guy team we cruising baby that's right let's let's cover this big mean guy's superpowers because they are oh, really yeah. cool the first one is a active superpower called empowered gauntlets during the next blitz strike action, which is Red Skull's gainer, we talked about earlier, so it's the six dice. This turn, Red Skull adds blanks in his attack roll to his total successes. What? Kind of like a reality gem, kind of, on Corvus Glaive. You know what I mean? Like you're just turning dice that are automatically bad for everyone better for you. That's ridiculous. For two power. Now, once again, this is why blitz strike has to be a gainer. <laughs> Not a builder. <laughs> Not a builder. He would just be insane if it was a builder. Just out of this world. But yeah, man, this is very cool. This guy can get some damage done. Yeah, and keeping with this can this sort of wanting more power to do more things, yep. Red Skull, Battle Mage Red Skull that we got here. Exactly. We have this active superpower called All-Consuming Obsession. It costs zero. Does not take an action. I'm looking at you, classic Red Skull. This character suffers damage. And gains two power. Ooh. The superpower can only use once per turn. So I find this very interesting, Chris, that the corset Red Skull, he's lower threat, but his he rolls he rolls dice and it's a gamble with him. It could be higher or lower than this, right? Like he rolls dice, takes damage equal to the skulls he rolls when he gains his extra power for right. using the cube. This Red Skull is just suffer damage, gain two power. You know what's cool about this too, Chris, is there's a little bit of synergy right off the top of my head here with Baron Strucker and under his leadership, right? Red Skull can pass conditions on to people, give himself that little bit of healing factor after he did the all-consuming obsession. A lot of interesting things going on. But Chris, I'm going to let you read this uh, Leviathan armor. It's the next evolution of vision. That's what I'm going to say. Leviathan armor is an innate superpower. During the power phase, this character chooses a shielding type. The chosen benefits last until the start of the next power phase. The first benefit you can choose from is Dispersion Field. Red Skull rolls three additional dice when defending against energy attacks and cannot be pushed or advanced by the effects of mystic attacks or enemy superpowers. Your other benefit is Null Field. Red Skull rolls three additional dice when defending against mystic attacks and does not suffer collision damage man just like vision it's very hard to get this exactly right but when you get it right you feel so powerful you feel invincible yeah you're taking his energy defense up to five with the dispersion field and then you cannot be pushed or advanced by the effects of mystic attacks or any superpowers so very cool but then also null field you take that mystic defense of two up to five against those wizards and you do not suffer collision damage so you're not being thrown around and taking damage from throws and stuff so very cool. Once again, kind of going with that battle mage theme we're talking about here. Very one interesting. One of my favorite archetypes. Mm -hmm. Red Skull has one more innate superpower. It is cut off one head 
here we go, Jesse. Here's the kicker of the whole thing, right? Yeah. If an allied Hydra troopers is not in play when this character is chosen to activate, place them into play within range one of Red Skull. They gain a stagger token and are a part of your squad. I'm going to go ahead and read their card next, Jesse. For the listener at home, of course, they are another grunt. So they are our third instance of the grunts in the game thus far. Very exciting. Love it. They have three health. They are a short move and they are a size two. That's one more health than the shield agents and the hand ninjas. Power creep on our grunts already. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Our defenses are physical one, energy two, mystic two. They're grunts. They have an attack. It is an energy attack. Hydra energy weapons, range four, strength four, power cost zero. That is very nice for grunts. Just on paper, it's better than the shield agents and the hand ninjas attacks because of the range. We have a superpower. It is Hydra Assault. It is an active superpower. It will cost you zero power. It is an action. This character makes a move action during its next attack action this turn. This character may reroll any number of its attack dice. After the attack is resolved, this character is KO'd. Awesome. Two innates. The first is Occupation Force. Hydra Troopers cannot pick up, hold, or interact with Extract Objective Tokens. Hydra Troopers does not have to pay power to interact with Secure Objective Tokens. So this is a a Secure-based grunt. Love it. First one, yeah. Yep, first one. Second innate is Grunts, of course. Red Skull, Master of Hydra. Hydra Troopers cannot be included in a roster and otherwise can only be put into play as a result of the cut off one head superpower wow sweet i'm immediately intrigued by grunts that cannot extract can only secure that's cool with the range four too you with can, the range four there you can leave them on the back on a back uh, objective and just they're scoring they're shooting they're doing absolutely nothing but being a pain in your opponent's butt what do you know? They share a lot in common with Hydra Bob. Hydra Bob, a guy who sits on the back point. I hate him. Scores you points, and then when you go deal with him, you feel bad for dealing with him. Absolutely, right? you feel terrible, but you don't <laughs> deal with him. You just lose the game. You let him score points. Yeah. Ugh, hate now, that guy. I will mention Hydra Assault. It is an action, and it is a move, and it's saying your next attack you have to reroll any number of attack dice, which is crazy because. It makes their attack really good, but like you have to like notice they can't hydra assault if they came in with cut off one head because with cut off one head they have a stagger and they can't like move with this action and then they say their next attack they could do this. Well, there's there is no next attack because you shake the stagger right. So I like that balance. It's a very elegant way of of not letting them just come in and get an eight get an eight an eight dice attack off and then just (laughs) come back and do it again next round. Yeah, essentially it's like. We're going to get like four hits on you. That's that's yep. what they're saying with this with this attack. But Johan Schmidt, very interesting, Chris. I, you know, yeah, I man. will say maybe a little bit less interesting Baron Striker, which is wild to say. Less interesting, but it presents so many team building opportunities that that Strucker doesn't. So yeah, I, I just feel like he opens a lot up with that. Just I mean. It's not com- complicated, but it's effective. That leadership, it's no Red Skull will be cracked first, hundred percent. Oh yeah, Red Skull but, Hydra will, will be cracked first. But until it's cracked, I'm gonna love it. After it's cracked, I'll probably I'll probably be bitter about it. 
Oh, so moving on past Red Skull, Chris, we have a photo here in our doc that Whew. Dallas posted as he was working on my favorite member of the Hydra sculpts we have seen, which is Arnim Zola. Dallas did confirm on the stream the face is a different sculpt. The view screen on his chest is a clear piece of plastic like you and I suspected. And also make sure to check out that stream if you want to learn how Dallas painted and primed this model. He got that sort of liquid latex cover that you put over the screen and it's then prime cool, it. Man. This model is absolutely incredible. Um, I'm so excited to play this character and it's just, it's fun to see Arnim Zola in his glory because he does come in the box with Strucker and he's very large, Chris. He's very large. Yeah. And notice now we get to see the basing. This was Dallas. He said he was like 80% done painting. He said he had to do some basing and touch-ups and a little bit more color, but the base, you know, we're getting that inverse of a lot of the uh, the shield agents. Like we got Hawkeye and Natasha standing on rubble of Hydra bases and Hydra symbols. Ooh. This is a rubble of a shield base that Arnim Zola is standing on. Very what a cool. Jerk. What a jerk. Ready to do some sciencey things, all in the name of uh, mad scientist evil things. But we've got to talk about Arnim Zola because. We got his card, Chris, and it's a really interesting, different character. What do you know? Who would have thought the guy whose consciousness is displayed through a TV screen in his stomach would be weird? Yeah. And with his robot body. Yeah, his robot body. Yeah. Never would have thought. His name is Arnim Zola. His alter ego is Arnim Zola. His defenses are two physical, three energy, four mystic. He's a three threat model with a stamina of six. He is a size three because he's very large. He's actually taller than Venom. Medium-sized base with a short move. Kind of rounding him out is just a normal speed model, all, all said and done. Chris, what are your thoughts with these stats are off the top? Pretty interesting stats. Look, I just I just know there's a lot of text on this. I, I just know there's going to be something going on to help this low physical defense. I just have a feeling. I've been wrong before, though. I also think he just has a lot of health, right? Like six on the front, and we don't know what's on his back yet, but I'm assuming it's right. five or six. He's just a tankier guy. It's very cool. You know, he's a three threat. Three yeah. threats with a lot of text are usually going to have some slow defenses. Yeah, so let's start off with a lot of that text. He has two attacks. His first attack is a physical attack called Prototype Weapons. It's range four, a strength of four, zero power costs. That's a great start. Before choosing a target, Arnim Zola chooses whether this attack is physical, energy, or mystic. Awesome. Awesome. After the attack is resolved, this character gains one power. So, of course, this is a gainer, not a builder. So that's kind of reigning in that amazing range four with choose your damage type. But it has a wild trigger, Hydra Ingenuity. After this attack is resolved for each wild in the attack roll, the defending character gains one of the following special conditions for each. For each, Chris. Bleed, shock, slow, stun. Is is my green goblin being slot in this team too, Chris? Just all oh, the conditions. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. But it's man, it's gonna be cool. I'm really excited to see this team on the table. Solid, man. Yeah, I, I solid gainer. I'm very excited to see this condition team go off. I it's going to be as long as it's not against me. Sure. His second attack is a energy attack called focused ESP box blast. It's a range three strength of six power cost of two. This is his spender. If you're keeping track at home, if the stack deals damage after the attack is resolved, this character may advance towards the target character short. You love to Free see short it. move. Get around that slow movement. Wild trigger slow. After the attack is resolved, target, the target character gains the slow special condition. So, Slow's one of my favorites against those those pesky wide teams. 
Yeah. Just slow them down a little bit. It's oh, so nice. This is kind of like a less good charge, right? Yeah. This is sort of uh, this is sort of being like, is your opponent in range three, but are, are they somewhere you want to get? Okay, might as well spend the two power, exactly. shoot them, and then move up, short move, and then maybe give them conditions on top of that. But yeah, Chris, you're right. Slow is debilitating. I mean, the Web Warriors are still one of the best teams in the game just for that card yes. all webbed up. It is so good. But Chris, he's got some superpowers, right? Oh, he's got he's got a few. The first of those, Jesse, is experimental enhancements. It is an active superpower. It is going to cost you three power. During the next attack made by Arnim Zola this turn, add two dice to the attack roll. After the attack is resolved, if the attack roll contains any skull results, this character suffers one damage you're paying three to get two extra dice on these attacks and you're hoping not to roll any skulls but you know that's not bad when you want to get when you need to deal a little bit of damage it it reminds me of storm in a way uh, where she can buff her attacks uh, you know and it's kind of a late game flush on power just gotta hit somebody type of thing but you know it's there if you need it i wouldn't say it's the the best thing i've ever seen it's actually a one cost more expensive version of Carnage's Sadistic Glee. So it's just a more expensive Sadistic Glee. Interestingly enough, Carnage's has this the word, this only can be used once per turn, I think to kind of rein him in, but his being cheaper. Zola can use his twice in a turn, which is which is very cool. You'd have to have a lot of power to do that. But yes, you, you would. You could be set up to do that late game. Well, his next superpower is a reactive superpower called Hydra Engineering. The power cost is X. While this character or another allied character within four of this character is attacking or defending during the modified die step of the attack, this character may spend up to three power to use this superpower. For each power spent, the character or the allied character may re-roll one of their attack or defense dice. After the attack is resolved, if the allied roll contained one or more skull results, the allied character gains the bleed special condition. So this is like Shuri's re-rolls, right? Where she's given to her team. There's a bleed. There's a drawback, right? tough to use this against blade anytime anytime bleed is mentioned i automatically say something about blade i gotta just throw him out there i gotta go to blade uh blades anonymous yeah that's right chris has got blade on the mind all times yep how could you not yeah how could you not but seriously chris i think this is probably one of the the basis of his kit moving forward honestly like he's just gonna be a bubble of support for your team he's a support character he absolutely is but closing on his card he has two innate superpowers first one is scientific hubris we've seen this before on doc ock it's been a long time since that core set whenever this character rolls dies after the effect is resolved it gains one power if it rolled at least one crit so of course as i mentioned post our doc ock episode because i've learned more about the game as we played more chris but i mean this is anytime you roll dice this is why i love beasts so much on pay to flips Mm. if beast is rolling dice try to flip that mutant madman and he gets his skull he triggers his power, right? Same with Zola here. If he's interacting with an objective, if he's defending, if he's attacking, etc. The list goes on. He can gain a power. So this is actually helping him a lot. And it's what I've talked about with Mysterio too, Chris, with the the rolling more dice to get his power online, right? Like if Mysterio is rolling more dice, more powers flowing, he's doing more superpowers. Zola is going to be the same way. So yeah, I don't think you want to set Zola on a back-back point. Like he's not saying he needs to be in the fray, but he needs to be rolling dice all game to keep his power up. Very cool. Absolutely. His final superpower is just he's immune because he's a I, robot. 
But here's the thing. These are actually kind of huge. He's immune to bleed. Which helps his Hydra engineering 100%. Yeah, right so he doesn't the take the bleed on himself. He, there is no drawbacks for Hydra engineering using it on himself. He's immune to poison. What are you going to so say about that? So he's an auto-occlude in uh, your Baron Von Strucker list. Of course he is. he's within three of Strucker. He doesn't care about the poison thing. He's so a robot. they're automatic running buddies, right? He is consciousness in a robot body. Running buddies, absolutely. Omega Red's there with his tendrils next to him. Mm. I'm excited. This is, this is getting good. This is getting really good. I'm, I'm really liking the feel of this sort of conditiony mad scientist team. And yeah, Chris is very exciting, but we've got to move on to some Hydra tactics cards, which are very cool. Dude. First one is a red skull card called occult research. This is a potentially game changing or potentially just flavorful. We're, we're going to have to see as the game goes on Hydra active. So only this can only be red skull in Hydra. During the power phase, Red Skull, Master of Hydra, may, may spend 10 power to play this card. Max power. Red Skull, Master of Hydra, and all characters within two of him gain a stagger token. All characters, allies, and enemies. <laughs> Red Skull, Master of Hydra, gains the following superpower for the rest of the game. Innate superpower. Arcane Invigoration. There's that battle mage again. This character may perform an additional action each time it activates. So Red Skull now has three actions for the rest of the game. So what's the earliest turn you can get this thing off with without your enemy dealing damage to you? Was it round three? <sighs> Somebody's got to math that out. Yeah. I, well, I need to know because if they're, if they're not dealing damage to you, Chris, you're doing what you want. So you're, that's also winning your favor too. Yeah. Well, bingo. Yes. But with his, I don't know, man, I think there's something there with some combination of uh, mm-hmm. uh, secures and extracts and his leadership and yeah it's just this might be like a new age of ultron type card right where it's like even when it's not played its effect on the game is very strong because your opponent always knows it's there they always know you you could do it if they give you x things should they or should they not give you x things to let you do this Uh, i love that i love that it's this blanket control without doing anything right this is being in your five it's very cool but wild our fun games at home is being brought in every game the red skull 100 absolutely but chris we've got a lot of hydra cards to talk about you want to start us off here the next card we're going to talk about jesse is victory assured it is unaffiliated it is active during an allied johan schmitz activation so this is for either red skull he may suffer up to five damage to play this card. Uh, and when he does this and he plays the card, he gains access to this attack. It is an energy attack. It is electrostatic discharge. It is a beam three strength, six power cost of zero, of course, because it's on a tactics card. If this attack dazes or KOs the target character, this character gains the stunned special condition. When making this attack, add attack dice to each attack roll equal each. to the damage <laughs> suffered to play this card. So that's a potentially a beam three strength 11 attack. Okay. And you don't have to pay any power to play it. Yeah, we've talked about on the show a lot how much we like that card no matter the cost, especially with our yes. healing factor characters. This is interesting to frame it through that no matter the cost lens. This is awesome, Chris. I mean, just thematically, this is just amazing. 
both Red Skulls. All versions of Red Skull have access to this card, too. Absolutely. Uh, we got two more Hydra cards here. I'm going to read here. First one is Inevitable Betrayal. It's Hydra. So once again, it's only Hydra. Reactive during the cleanup phase before victory points are scored. This is so cool. <laughs> An allied Hydra character may spend eight to play this card. Extremely expensive. Choose an enemy character within two that is contesting a secure objective token. The chosen character counts as one of your own characters for contesting secure objective tokens this round. I'm sorry you thought you won the game by taking my back gamma. No. (laughs) First of all, I deny you my back gamma, which is a huge point swing. Second of all, I score some points. It's wild. Just be wary of any, you know, two threat characters that have eight power late game. Bob. Oh, stop it. Bob doesn't have that power. You stop it. The next card is one I'm very excited about. It's called Scientific Method. It's Hydra. Again, it's active. Arnim Zola may spend two power to play this card. Okay. This gets really interesting real quick, Chris. They had him as Zola. Choose another allied character that is threat three value or less. And within range three of Zola, that chosen character suffers two damage for the rest of the game. The chosen character may use the ESP leakage attack and gains the unnatural mutation superpower. And they have these on the cards. You are attached this to your character and they are now been scientifically modified. The, the ESP leakage is a mystic attack as range two six dice costs one power to do before damage is dealt. The target character suffers one damage for each skull in their defensive role that's cool and then the and it gives you innate superpower called unnatural mutation when any character targets this character with an attack so your allied character that has now been modified by this card your allied character adds two dice to its defense role unless the attacking character pays two so jesse who is the three threat you are most looking forward to slapping this thing on do we just need to talk about the obvious out of the way it's not even to say the one i'm gonna say but it's gonna be said all over the place it's one of our favorite three threats it's gotta be x23 right (laughs) yeah x23 is a solid choice but let's she takes the damage you know, she gets to go, she healing factors it, she's got a cool attack. But you know, X twenty three likes doing her attacks, Chris. They have pierce, they they she's, do stuff. She's not gonna get to use the ESP leakage, yes. You're it's just purely, about the defensive. You're purely just slapping this tax on the this power tax on your defensive rolls, which keeps her alive longer, which is great. I think that is it's the most obvious answer and it's maybe it's the most effective answer. It might be the right answer, but it I have no idea. It's definitely a good one. But let's yeah. uh, let's think about some other ones outside of that. I immediately think of Baron Zemo cuz I'm going to be playing mm. in this team cuz he's going to be affiliated oh, with this absolutely. team. They, they did yeah. confirm he's affiliated with this team. I also think of Viper who's affiliated with this team. We don't see go. much in the game. Viper's biggest weakness is the fact that she can just melt. And What's interesting about this is she has her own version of martial prowess and there's a lot going on here, Chris. There's a lot going on with defenses and there's sort of like, do you want her to have more defense dice? Do you want her to martial prowess? Do you want us to do some sort of fake out before I do that stuff? Very cool. But more importantly, I also think her having this attack is actually really good for her because she has the place too. She can spend power to place herself free place, kind of like a mini magic. Right. You know, I... Time will tell. I, I do find it very cool that they made it three threats and lower, right? So it's like it does limit the pool. Three threats is the biggest pool, so it's not like that limiting, but I, I think it's gonna be in the game 
forever when you see Arnim Zola, right? right? I think Arnim Zola is going to play this. And yeah, the idea of giving She-Hulk a defensive tax to give her more defense, you know, it's ridiculous. That's bad. So yeah, yeah. I, I love this three threat cap. You know, I'm really going to rack my brain here to, to figure Probably out. Zemo. Probably Zemo. Uh, I mean, well, if you think about it, you get get Zemo and Strucker in there. It, more dice. More Zemo's dice. Got the re-roll. More strategic genius. Yeah. Like, I mean, just so many defensive dice. We're cooking with gas right now with this, we are this with core. Gas. With this, just this small core and these yes. auto-include tactics cards. Mm. We got something, baby. Yeah, a lot of control, honestly. Um, unique. A lot of defense. Control. You're just going to score out. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool Hydra cards. Uh, it's very exciting. But Chris, we got to talk about something next, was which was revealed, which I think would surprise you zero and probably surprise the listeners not very much either. But there's a new train set. And not only is this a new train set that looks really good, it's a train set that fits right on one of my maps I already have done. Oh, I know. This fits on so many of your map concepts too. But specifically the one map. You know which map I'm talking about. I do. I do. But can I just say, this tank, man, it looks like a Lehman Russ from Warhammer 40k. That's and true. I feel like there might be a little homage there, and I am definitely here for it. Very cool design, kind of retro futury, which is something you kind of want from Hydra. Yeah. But it's still, it's still got that big laser cannon on the front. It's got the missile pods on the side. It's pretty cool design. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these awesome paint jobs on this in the missile batteries. And then what is this other one? It's a power oh, generator. Yeah. Power I generator. I was, I'm happy. It's not a tank of uh, a vat of acid or something ridiculous, but they also said, Chris, with this set, and I guess we, we've been beating around the bush here. This is a full Hydra terrain set. You know, of course I have the Hydra moon base, but also I think this, which will, this will slot right in with my Hydra moon base stuff. But also I think, as you said, Chris, this is perfect terrain, especially this tank, just to drop in the middle of the city, like Hydra's oh, yeah. coming in the city, you know? Cool things they mentioned about the tank. The laser cannon is modular. It could be, you could actually have this missile pod back here and you could have the laser cannon on the turret instead. You they talked about you it. could change out some of the um, attachments, like the missile pods on the tank and stuff for more machine guns or more laser guns. They're so good at this stuff, man. I know. And Chris, let's talk about the best part of this. There is a red skull inside this tank. And they were saying, why would we put a red skull inside this tank? Cause he's completely optional. You can, they said you can have the hatch closed. Well, they dropped the news on us that this is not only a terrain set, but it's an ultimate encounter where it's one player is playing red skull inside a Hydra tank versus other players that are the crisis teams and i need to play this right now very here for this we will be playing this on one of our thursday night meetups that's right cannot wait cannot wait wait. also this red skull if you don't want to put it in the tank it's just another sculpt that could be a great red skull statue or something you know like it's just you could just use it as some sort of repurposed terrain very excited to see what people do with this they also played with this tank on the stream, Chris, and it looked extremely good. And for gameplay purposes, it was a great size, big enough to hide models, but not massive, taking up huge amounts of the board. This missile turret is just beautiful, just beautiful, just clean. But speaking of great sculpts, Chris, we get to see Captain America, Steve Rogers. That's the original 1940 Steve Rogers sculpt. And man, is this one of the better heroic sculpts in the game? It might be. It 
absolutely is. The the pose is perfect. <laughs> Just perfect. And also, let's add that sort of AMG going over the top thing we always talk about, Chris. Custom base on this that comes with the model. World War II sandbags, some World War II rubble, just to make sure it's clear this is classic Cap in his first iteration. And we're going to get into his card right now. So we have transitioned out of Hydra into Shield, and now we are in the new Shield models, which is very exciting. I'm excited about this model. This is Steve Rogers, Captain America, with an alter ego of Steve Rogers. He is a four threat model. He has got six health on his healthy side, size two. He moves with a medium range movement tool. His defenses are four physical, four energy, and three mystic. Same stat line as Avengers, Steve. He's still got the same physical tools. Let's move into his attack here. Jesse, his first attack is stars and stripes strike. It is a (laughs) physical attack, of course. Range 3, strength 5, power cost of 0. After this attack is resolved, Steve will gain power equal to the damage dealt. I'm so happy to be out of all those gainers. Oh, they were making me depressed. (laughs) On a wild and a shield, you will trigger flurry. After this attack is resolved, this character may make a stars and stripes strike attack. This additional attack does not have the flurry special rule. So... This is pretty good. This hits hard. Yeah. I mean, range three, a lot of power five. That's pretty good. Double tap, right? We have seen in this game how strong Medusa is with this flurry on her strikes. Very good. I cannot say enough, Chris, how big a deal it is, too. Every time we have a strike that's range three, that's a big deal. It is an absolute, it is absolutely a big deal. You just think about how many five dice strikes on three and four threat cost models are at two, and they're good strikes. Yeah. So this is just a really good strike. Yeah. Throw in throw in that flurry here and there, and once again, we're cooking. Now, his next attack, his spender, Jesse, is also physical. It is, I don't like bullies. Range two on this one, strength of seven, and you will be spending three power. On a wild, you will trigger throw. After this attack is resolved, if the target character is size three or less, this character may throw the target character medium. Okay, that's pretty good. I like that. Pretty good. (laughs) On a wild and a hit, you will trigger language. After the attack is resolved, the target character gains the stun and slow special conditions. That's awesome. Yeah, this is super awesome. This is good. I'm literally comparing this to Avengers Steve Shield Slam, which is his spender. His cost two. It's a strength of six, so less. And then his just is a throw, a short throw automatically happens. Very good. This cap, though, has a lot of things that can trigger on a higher damage spender innately than classic steve he's taking bigger swings yeah he's taking bigger swings so if you get a wild which is very likely on seven dice but not guaranteed you get to throw the medium as opposed to steve's shield slam which is short and then if you get language you give him two conditions automatically so it but you got to get these triggers which i find very cool and they set it on the streams and this is reinforced with this character avenger steve is the leader steve this is the 
soldier get in there and punch the bad guys until they stop doing bad things, Steve. And and I like that because this Steve hits hard. I want to run this Steve and Sam's Avengers pretty bad. That'd be really fun. That'd be yeah. fun. Uh, he's got some pretty cool uh, powers here too to round out his kit. The first one is an active superpower. It is on your left. It's going to cost you two. If this character is not holding an objective token, it advances medium. The superpower can only be used once per turn. This is cool. This is good. Kind of better than charge in different ways. Not better, but it's... It's a side grade for sure, but it is a different look. We talk about action economy all the time. It is a non-action movement. It is his full movement. So that so what? You can now move three times in a turn? Right. You can right. move medium and double tap. You can move twice and still get a big uh, strike off and maybe recoup some of that power. Maybe you move, strike, move. I don't know, man. It's your game. What are you going to do? Let's also keep in mind, if you're doing those strikes, you might be getting those flurries. So, I mean, I actually like this better than charge and, and for this Steve in particular, because you could right on your left, stars and stripes, flurry, build some power, stars and stripes again, flurry, mm-hmm. someone's gone. Some power, baby. And you took three actions, essentially, feels like three actions. You took a free mo- a move and then two strikes, but then those two strikes had flurries too, so you netted some more actions. So he is really good at his one job. And continuing that theme, he has a reactive superpower called, I've knocked out tyrants over 200 times, cost three power. While this character is attacking, during the modified dice step of the attack, he may use the superpower. Steve may reroll any number of his attack dice. <laughs> the superpower can only use only once per turn. You want that flurry? You're getting it. Look, I'm glad that they limited this to once per turn because doing this on, you know, two different attacks or if you keep triggering flurry somehow, like that's my God. Yeah. This is awesome. I love it. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah, And closing out his card, he has another reactive ability. It's going to look familiar to us. It's the vibranium shield. It costs two power when Steve is targeted by a physical or energy attack. It may use the superpower, add two dice to this character's defense rolls against that attack. Now, very good buffing up his defenses. Once again, his weakness is mystic. It's always been mystic. It's going to continue to be mystic. I love that. But this Steve is lacking bodyguard. And I find it so cool that we just have a Steve that just punches so, so hard, but also has the shield. Also has some movement shenanigans, Chris. The shield is for his personal use, though. Uh, The others... Leader yeah. Steve is constantly looking out for the team. This Steve is there to get the mission done. Get the bad guy. That's right. I saw this character and I was like, this is a Chris character. No, I absolutely love this kit. Uh, I've seen I've seen some naysaying about it, but I'm just going to say it. I think you're wrong. Uh, yeah. I think he's good. I think he's yeah. very good. I don't know. I don't know exactly where his home is yet. I don't know where he's been, like where he's going to find his place. And it might take a second for it to happen, but he is good and he will shine. And they did confirm he is on shield, but we don't know where else he is. So I find that very interesting too. And I think he's got a lot of cool synergy with shield Chris under Nick Fury jr. Like if you deal damage to him and he gets to aggressive, and then on his turn, he does on his on your left. And then, you know, like he, he's getting some interesting movement things out of shield. Also, access to the shield cards, which are excellent. Yes. I mean, the shield mobile, the battlefield medicine, which is the only med pack left in the game. There's interesting things going on with this character. 
Definitely. And I find it very cool, but we've got to move on to more shield content. Yes, Chris, they did it. They did it. They did our namesake in some ways, but also, you know, both furies are us here on furies finest. And of course, furies finest is the Avengers formed by the furies, but this fury is Nicholas fury senior and the howling commandos. That's Nick fury and the howling commandos, the official name of the character. And I love that they have every character named on here. Nicholas Fury Sr., Timothy Dum Dum Dugan, and Gabriel Jones. Chris, this is our first instance of three models on a base that are not grunts. I love it. They did it. This is awesome. I was wondering how they were going to do this. I was wondering if we were going to get one threat characters or We kind of nailed it, Chris. I, we, oh I, my gosh, they did it. So we have got five health on the front. We are three threat size two medium movement defenses are threes across the board fast they are medium sized base yeah they they're they're getting around the first attack is a physical attack it is prototype weapons range four strength five power cost zero after this attack is resolved this character gains one power so it is a gainer on a wild you will trigger pursuit before damage is dealt this character may advance toward the target short not bad it's a gainer a little bit of more movement i like that their next attack jesse is grenades it is an energy attack after this attack is resolved the target character gains the incinerate special condition i love it i love incinerate so much yeah it's range three strength of four and it costs one power same as Domino's, exactly. And we've talked about time and time again how Domino's turning your activation off with a grenade to give you auto incinerate and then shooting you, how effective that is. No different on these characters. That's what they are, Chris. Characters. It's crazy I know. to say. I love it, man. I love it. I'm not used to it. It's new for yeah, us in the it's show. It's very cool. Uh, we've got one more attack the big spender. It's a physical attack. It is the show's over, range three, strength six. Power cost of three. Before choosing a target, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos chooses whether the attack type is physical or energy. On a wild, you will trigger pour it on. After this attack is resolved, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos may make a prototype weapons attack. That is their strike. So you're making another five dice strike if you roll the wild in that six. Not bad. The shield gun line is, it was already exactly. a thing. Before these characters came out, and now it's, it's we're just real. feeding this feeding into this playstyle. And I've got to mention the the similarities with Bucky, which is very cool because he's in Shield Two, where he gets you know additional rifle attacks after doing his spender. But they're this cool mix of Bucky and Domino, and I really like it. Moving on to their superpowers, we have an active superpower called Siblings and Arms, costs two power. Choose another allied character with, within two of this character. Place this character within one of the chosen character and place the chosen character within one of this character. <laughs> character can be placed by the superpower only once per turn. So a lot of movement shenanigans. It's that Bucky Hydra tactics thing, but more because we got a medium sized base and more movement going on. Love it. And keeping with this sort of Bucky theme, they also have reactive superpower. I got your back. Cost two power when an allied character is dazed or KO'd by enemy effect. Remember, this is global essentially after the effect is resolved this character may use this superpower this character may make a prototype weapon attack against the enemy character that caused the effect so it is global and triggering it but you have to be able to perform the attack against the enemy that caused the days or ko against your friend so strong chris because you're paying two to automatically gain one to get get an attack 
There's a lot of synergy. These guys are double tapping a lot. And yes. you think they could get any better, Chris? They do. This is the part that shocked me on the card because I was already just so impressed with the characters mm-hmm. at this point for a three threat. We get to the end of their card. Innate superpower stealth. Characters must be within range three of Nick Fury and the Helling Commandos to target them with attacks. So yeah, they might be like Bucky in a lot of ways, a lot of ways, and a little bit of Domino sprinkled in, but this stealth thing takes it a whole different direction, and I find this so cool. It's the siblings in arms that gets me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for two power, you're going to get to move someone, hop, storm hop, essentially, Yeah, yeah. Uh, them over Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. For two more power, you're going to get to storm hop Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos over them. That's a ton of movement for four. Uh, yes, it's four power to do all of this, but that's just kind of crazy. And I think there's going to be a lot of shenanigans potential here. Shenanigan potential is high here. It guarantees they get in position to perform. Oh, a yeah, lot it's of awesome. It's yeah, awesome. which is what you want to do. But Chris, it gets better. They have a tactics card called Infiltration, unaffiliated reactive. So, of course, you can play this on any team Nick Fury Sr. and the Helling Commandos are on. If Nick Fury Sr. and the Helling Commandos are part of your squad, do not deploy Nick Fury and the Helling Commandos during the deployment step. It is still part of your squad and gains power during the power phases as normal. I love this so much. This is speaking to the Legion player in me. During an ally yeah. character's activation, if Nick Fury and the Helling Commandos are part of your squad and not on the battlefield, the allied character may play this card. Place a flare token within range three of this allied character that played the card. During the next cleanup phase... Place Snake Fury and the Helling Commandos within range one of the flare. They parachute in and they infiltrate in and they have stealth. They're ready to go. This is awesome. I'm so glad this mechanic has been brought into MCP. I am excited to see other characters that are going to utilize this infiltrate mechanic. Yep. It's just, you know, Pandora's box has been opened in a lot of ways. They do this every uh, every <laughs> mini extravaganza, though. They just in, they just introduce this whole new batch of, of I know of kind of mechanics or, or play styles, you know, in these waves. And they give every one of them enough enough tools in their toolbox to be played and to be effective so that these play styles get established immediately upon release instead of just kind of slowly being figured out i just i'm i'm really about it i really like it yeah it's like you said about them dropping hydra with two liters exactly it's such a strong power play from them so yeah this card is awesome i i think it's automatically in your 10 if you have fury senior and the commandos in your list and i think you're going to play this on really on certain map setups you know oh yeah i find that very cool so that is every character card we have today but there's so much more they teased so many things and not only tease is the word they showed so many things that's coming well we saved the best for last <laughs> we course. got mutant news folks yeah glorious glorious folks over at amg mm-hmm. they showed us the next drop for the brotherhood of mutants and it's someone i mean we here at Fury's Finest, like we're the only ones that saw this coming. Uh, <laughs> we're very special for this one. I have been calling these two for a while, but it is Pyro and Blob, and I could not be more happy about this. I think it not only are they coming, but we've seen their sculpts, and we've seen them painted now. And can I just say, mm-hmm. Pyro's pose it's absolutely 
captures the essence of that entire character somehow. It is truly incredible. I couldn't agree more, Chris. I mean, I would say these are two two of my lesser mutants on my poll of characters I like. Oh yeah, these are not these are not beloved characters. I, they're but, but they're essential brotherhood members. Then they're comforting. They're comfort food. You yeah. Know? This this is akin to a vulture and spider foes for sure. And look, I am very excited to see their kits. Yeah. But Blob, of course, is on a uh-huh. medium-sized base, and Pyro's on a small base. And yeah, Chris, I, their sculpts are great. They showed us painted and unpainted. Very cool. And they said they're coming very soon for the Brotherhoods. They said, stay tuned. But Chris, they just had to just take it over the top. I, I saved the best two things for last, because <laughs> these are the things that excited me the most. I think they probably excited you the most. They showed a picture of three Sentinels. Oh, we've been saying, I'm pretty sure we, we said <laughs> Day one. Sentinels were coming to this game in episode one. I am not kidding. But I... The day has finally arrived. Oh my gosh, These I'm so excited. Look so awesome. They've shown us three. We have a Sentinel Prime and yep. we have we have two two uh, I Mark 4 Sentinels flanking the Sentinel Prime. It's Oh my gosh. In this picture, of course, there's some lighting <laughs> effects. It looks like there's some LEDs in their chest or something and the yeah. eyes are glowing. The, the action shots, I'm sure they're going to be larger than Dormammu. Oh, yes. So how are they how are they going to work as far as for teams i've just i have so many questions about these sentinels i have a few answers but barely any so they did talk about a couple cool things chris i also you know you and i are looking at this 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 reveal photo but then we also have the our next photo we have which is the sculpts and notice the reveal photo and the sculpts there's different poses they did say these sentinels are all modular you can do open hands, you can do closed hands, you can do reaching out, you can do arms down. They said that they have battle damage sections with Wolverine claw slashes with Cyclops oh, optic blast that. holes. Absolutely modular. They did confirm the Sentinel Prime is noticeably taller than Dormammu. Absolutely absurd. Just absolutely absurd. I mean, I <laughs> thought they peaked at Hulkbuster. <laughs> right? Right? And they said the Mark IVs are roughly... Kind of this, they're like barely sh- a little bit shorter than Dormammu, but kind of kind of that realm. Incredible. But Chris, they continued. They said this is going to be a new affiliation in the game, and that Cassandra Nova is a member of this affiliation. Love that. This is the way I understood it from their stream, but I'm not quite sure. But they they basically said you're always capped with these three big sentinels. As in, I don't like that they said depending on threat levels and things like that, that this is going to be a very narrow affiliation. And they made it kind of sound like it's like the Sentinels and like couple models and that's it. <laughs> and then and, and that's and it might be the first affiliation where you can't splash models. Okay. You know what I mean, I'm here yeah. for it. Perfect. I'm here for it. This would get me to start playing Cassandra Nova because I think um You and me both, brother. This is a team that I think I could see both you and I just not hard switching to, but becoming a staple team of us forever moving forward for all the reasons. AMG will nail sentinels i just think they will and i think the feel will be right i think the power level will be right man the superpowers are gonna be good the superpowers are gonna be good on these characters and i cannot wait for the synergy between the prime and his buddies you know they said this is coming they said it is a ways out but they did want to show it to us to quell any fears get excitement up and they did say this also is in conjunction with some sentinel ultimate encounters so like we're just getting spoiled at this point with just content Chris, we are, but Jesse, it's time for the piece de la resistance. I'm not ready. It's time for the cherry on top. 
people are tired of us are talking about this <laughs> this character I don't this care. love we have i don't i don't, I don't either look they they dropped this new i'm assuming this piece of terrain and it's the new rivals panel so like the doc okay. Ock, peter parker rivals panel this is rivals panel number two but this one's a little bit different because this is not just new sculpts in a terrain piece like the Doc Ock and Peter Parker was. That was just new sculpts of those corsets that were better in terrain. This is new sculpts and new character cards entirely. Excellent. <laughs> Do you just want to talk about what it is, Chris? Look, we're getting, apparently we're getting new sculpts and character cards of Sabretooth and Wolverine, this diorama-esque piece of terrain here. It looks like these two are either trying to break break in into weapon x or possibly they're confronting each other outside of a base somewhere in saskatchewan uh, uh, presumably oh it's weapon x dallas confirmed that this is wolverine has found the bunker and it's his birthday and Sabretooth is stalking him oh i love giving him that birthday surprise i love that about those two so much (laughs) this is so awesome we've got We've got Wolverine Logan, oh, I should say. It he's is Logan, wearing yes. his he's wearing his bomber jacket. He's in blue jeans. He's got the folded up cowboy hat. Yep, the riding boots for his motorcycle. Boot, the, the tank top under the bomber. <laughs> Love it. Love Claws it. extended, and then we've got the classic. Oh, saber tooth. He's got the fur lined trench. His hair's waving in the wind. He's wearing tactical pants and boots. He's in. He's got some. His basing has him in this pose where he's stalking. It looks like he's about to leap right onto something. It's it's quite a good sculpt, and I am just could oh not gosh. be more excited for them to have another crack at these two characters. I've got a lot to say here, Chris. The first part is they said, and this is from memory, so if I mess this up, listen, yeah. I'm sorry, but they said the, th- the words I wanted to hear, because when I think of these characters, Chris, I and I had this conversation with my wife off mic. She asked, what was your favorite reveal from the weekend? I said, well, you know what I've always said about one of our favorite characters, because Logan's one of her favorite characters, too. There's something about Logan where it's like his civilian dress is just as iconic as a costume as his regular costume. And Sabretooth is the same way. There are these unique characters that people recognize them in their costume. People recognize them in their civilian clothes as a costume, right? So for AMG to say, not only releasing new versions of Wolverine and Sabretooth, but they're going to be in their normal clothes that you know so well, (laughs) you know, the boots, the coats, like the hair blown in the wind, like you said, Wolverine's tank top, of course, the cowboy hat, which they said is an option, you know, cowboy hat or not, you know, excellent stuff here. But then they go to the next level and they say, and not only are we going to get you those sculpts that are, I think, as iconic as their suits, but you're going to get Logan, the Wolverine, and Sabretooth, the Apex Predator. New oh characters. That's the name of the characters. Presumably different threats or different abilities. Time will tell. I am so excited about this, Chris. Uh, this is my most, probably my most anticipated model is this Logan right now. I'm waiting for multiple versions of Logan, but yeah. Oh my. This oh Logan my. though, we know what's happening here. We know what Logan this is. We know what Sabretooth this is. What do you, do you think his mystic defense is going to be one, maybe zero? <laughs> oh man. But yeah, like the claw, you notice the claw strikes on the doors of this weapon yes. X bunker. This is going to plop right in one of my tables. I do have a table yep. that is in the this wilderness, the snow awesome. wilderness. Cannot wait. Who knows what also this comes with? Does this come with more Weapon X cards? Time will tell. I can't wait to see what they do with more rival panels because they had said they have so many more in the future. And they kind of just said, 
you know, we want to reward people. Like the first one was Awesome Terrain, an amazing Peter Parker, an amazing Doc Ock, but it was the same cards. So like this time they're like offering this new cards, terrain, models, of course, unique basing on Logan and Sabretooth both that are not standard yeah. MCP bases. The cowboy hats there, Chris, the boots are there. Like you said, it's all there. I just, no complaints, zero. In fact, they've, they've, uh, they've gone above and beyond with this, I think. And I think when we see this terrain in person too, it looks really impressive. Now it might even be more impressive in person. Cause we do have rocks. We have the, the radar dish with the bunker door, but we also have like a ladder. We have snow effects. There's a lot going on here. There's an absolute lot going on here. It's going to be, I imagine, pretty difficult to paint. Yeah, but maybe not too bad. Yeah, just to get the details right. But I'm yeah. terrible at painting. It's awesome. I'm I'm literally speechless. I I am so excited for a new Wolverine card. And I mean Sabretooth for that matter. Yeah. Two characters that you and I love in the game a lot. That yeah. that both that both need a little bit of help. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, who knows, Chris? Like, what if they with this pack two released? I doubt it, because we have sideways cards coming in the future. But if they were to make a change to original Wolverine and Sabretooth, would it be in this pack? I don't know. But Good point. there's interesting options, but they did make it very clear that the names are intentional. So this is Logan. This is not Wolverine. And this is Sabretooth, the Apex Predator. And they'd mentioned that Sabretooth in the game currently is Sabretooth fulfilling his role in Brotherhood. And Logan in the game currently is Logan filling his role in the early X-Men gold and blue teams. So I find they gave us a lot of information there without saying anything, you know? <laughs> they give us a lot of information, which it's something we've alluded to on the podcast before that, that yeah. they really have a a very specific vision of what part of the timeline they're plucking these characters out of, which means they're going to be able to pluck other versions out of them other from other parts on the timeline, which we've already seen plenty of, and we've known it was coming, but to get these two this early, I am, I could not be more excited. I am very excited to see them off their leashes as it were. And just, I mean, I imagine their kits are going to be a little unruly, a little bit wild, a little rough around the edges, and I'm excited. Yeah, and who knows, Chris? They might go fully affiliated. This They might go fully thematic yeah, with this, and these might be unaffiliated characters or something. They might just do crazy Maybe, stuff. Maybe, hey, what if we're going to get a Weapon X affiliation, you know? Too much. I can't handle it. <laughs> Even the ideas. Don't tease me. Very cool. Very exciting. Of course, they had to end the weekend with this, and of course, we had to end our episode with this because... Yep. These characters are very near and dear to our hearts, and I stand by what I said. I think these characters are as iconic, or if not more iconic, in their regular clothes as much their cowls, which is unusual for most superheroes. But when superheroes have that, that's a really good superhero, like from the art direction teams, you know, and that's why they stick around. You know, and then you add good character on top of that. These are great characters with a lot of backstory. Love it, Chris. That is mini stravaganza there is one final tease though that they did throw a couple things out there you're gonna have to keep me from speculating here they didn't mention any names i know but they said stuff they literally just said don't worry more mutants are coming more brotherhood Mm. are coming more x-men are coming Mm. more web warriors are coming Mm. more spider foes are coming and they also said you remember those first two models we released that were big models in the game that are still around still making a splash their names are Hulk and Modok. There's new versions of those coming that are potentially higher threat is what they said. 
Well, we're getting Modok's going to get some grunts for sure. But what Hulk are we going to get, man? Yeah. Oh my gosh, there are so many options. It, I, I imagine they'll pick pick one from the seventies, probably, just because they seem to be in that area of Marvel when they have their druthers. Yeah, seventies, eighties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they'll they'll. I man, when they move into the nineties, it's going to get wild. They've done a little bit of that. They uh, have. They, yeah. ab- they absolutely have. But just anyway. Yeah, but man, man I'm just. This Some game is awesome, man. This yeah. game is awesome. This game is awesome. And, you know, what a little treat for me at the end there, because it's like they're just yeah. they're pointing Everything to my, my yeah. favorite things in Marvel, which are mutants, the spider family and the spider villains. Honestly, I mean, I love everything in Marvel and, I, and I've grown this different direction. Thanks to the MCU and a lot of other things to love even more than that, like things like the wizards and stuff so much. But it's yeah. like. You go back to my roots, you go back to my childhood, of course, in the 80s and 90s. And of course, it's it's all means. It's all Spider-Man. And I cannot wait to see what they do because we've talked about this so many times, Chris. There are so many mutants and there are so many spider family members and there are so many spider foes that are on the short list. I'm not talking about the long list that are on the short list. Yes. And it's not like we're rushing them. We're Take your time, AMG, because... If you're going to drop a model like Arnim's, Arnim Zola, I'm not worried about Rhino. I can sleep at night, <laughs> you know, like I'm just saying. I mean, they're used to they're used to the, you know, the very small vocal portion right. of the community that is just absolutely impatient and they know better than everybody else. And what they want is <laughs> priority like number one. Yep. So and and I like to see them trying to ease those fears with folks. But I mean, honestly, if they haven't built up trust with you by this point, I'm not right. sure you're ever going to trust anyone. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. They they've they have made very few even bad yeah. moves at this point. And when they make a bad move, we will we will call it out if we see it as such. But I mean, we've been honest for, like in every yeah. episode of this show. This game is awesome, and they're doing a great job with it the whole time. And it's like that sort of thing, like if they made any bad moves, it wasn't really bad moves. It was pivots after the game got in people's hands because they created two or three years worth of content before it even came out to the public, right? Right. And it's like, oh, they're like, oh, Steve needs to be, Steve and Hulk need to be taken up a little bit. Right. Done. You know, stuff like that. Uh, Modoc needs to be taken down a little bit. I'm so confident with the future in their hands and I'm so confident all my characters will be represented, but not only my characters, something we talk about on the show a lot, Chris, every model in this game is someone's favorite character and every character in Marvel is someone's favorite character. That is not my favorite character. And I have faith that they will bring every character they can from Marvel to this game because they have said it. The wills have said our goal is for this game to go on many decades and to bring every character we can possibly bring. Well, Jesse, I'm going to throw down the gauntlet. I now have a new favorite character that I demand be added to the game ASAP, and that is Monet St. Croix. Give me Monet or I riot. After you just gave that whole spiel about Oh yeah, I'm completely patient and I'm I'm completely <laughs> making fun of those people. But yeah, I figured yeah. why not just put Solid. it out there? Why put not just there, put yeah. it out there and uh, try to try to get monet in the game she'd be a killer four threat i love that team i want x factor very badly in this game right. i know it will happen eventually and yeah it was really just a reason to get some x factor talk in the in the pod absolutely and it's it's just like stuff like look what they just did with malekith look what they're doing with the winter guard and it's like are you really worried about 
X A string character coming in, right? Yeah, they're going to no. come when the no. time is right. And when like the A know, string characters are going to come in, they're all coming in. They have 100%. and they have to be you can't just put them all out and then be then your big reveal is multiple, man, you know? Like right. you have to space right. these things out. You you have to plan for longevity. Well, and what makes sense for the game too? What is the game lacking right now? It's like the game Yeah, with- Monet St. Croix. Exactly. <laughs> The game, Chris, I rest my case. I mean, the game didn't really have a big, did not have a team that was built around conditions outside of unaffiliated, right? Now we have Hydra. Like, I like that they, it's not just like get X models in the game and make people happy. It's like fulfill what the game needs first. And then we bring in the characters too, because I feel completely safe that they have characters planned out. It's just a matter of, you said, timing, spacing, manufacturing, development, not worried about it. Um, Not one bit. And they're going to get all of our money, you know, and that's, that's kind of how it works. Because, I mean, it's one of those things like they're, they're only getting better at everything they do. That's what's it's crazy. Kind of sucks. Actually call that good problems. Good problems. Yeah, good problems. You're right. It's awesome in a bad way. It's bad in an awesome way. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations. And leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. Spotify people, we see you and we know you're a large minority of our listeners. So if you could all leave a review, it would mean a lot to us because... Yeah, you haven't had opportunity until recently, so thank you for that. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our show's music. And like Jesse said, please continue to help spread the word about the show. Rate, review, and subscribe. You guys humble us constantly, and we can't thank you enough. So thank you very much. As you guys just heard, we have the new painting gallery with no name going because you heard our episode with me chris and dylan that's dr d announcing the winners of the spring season but more importantly announcing the summer season contest if you haven't heard that episode definitely check it out but the next season's theme is asgard and i mean it was really fun last time we hope you would like to participate this time and potentially win some prizes but more importantly get to participate in this collaborative painting experience you don't have to be a patron to be in it all you have to do is follow the rules of the contest. So, so check out episode 107, which is very recent, where we go through the winners of the last season. But more importantly, we talk about the rules for the next season if you'd like to participate and be part of something fun, painting. Of course, you can find Chris and I on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. I mean, I don't have much to post about till the NBA season starts back up. So, you know, fair. Catch you guys in October. Well, Chris, this has been a massive mini extravaganza roundup, but it is the final mini extravaganza for the year. So we hope you guys enjoyed us going on this journey, going through every reveal from the weekend. We hope you enjoyed the weekend and the streams as much as we did. A lot of camaraderie, a lot of fun things going on in the patron discord too, where we were just experiencing these reveals together. Very fun. I was at work through most of it, but I got in on a little bit of it. It was awesome. Very fun. Very exciting. I say it every episode, I feel like, but it's a great time to be an MCP player and a Marvel fan. We're just inundated with tons of content, tons of fun. I don't know. It's just every day 
it's just uh more and more marble chris <laughs> and uh you know pick what you like you don't you don't have to do it all you know we just we've talked about this in our mc episodes recently there's a lot of content coming out for marvel some of it's for you some of it's not mcp will be the same way the game is exploding and we're we're way past the 100 model mark now you don't have to buy everything but it is cool the game has opened up in a way where if you want to buy everything you can just throw models together and have a crazy team with just models you want to play that week you know and just play the models you want to play i don't know it's the way they built this game it only gets better because you are rewarded for painting your models and playing with them because you can play anybody on any team and i say it all the time but you really can and it's so unique compared to every other miniatures game in the world you cannot do that you have to buy an army and commit sometimes you get to bring in mercenaries or something splash in that army that's about it that's true mcp the world is your oyster you know paint your painting like you said man with the the roster is 100 plus and growing that's a lot of options for a lot of teams it's it's the like i've said it before it's the closest i've ever had to playing you know a video game on on the table just because of all the the team building aspects that go into it it's just just wild all the individual interactions and individual kits it's just there's a lot it's deep nailed it yeah absolutely man we really appreciate you guys going on this journey with us and continuing to follow us through all these mini stravaganzas and all these news reveals over the years and we will keep doing it for you so until next time thanks for listening true believers excelsior The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Tin Buck says you're wrong. 